0: On this episode of The Growth Show, we talked to Alex Bloomberg and Matt Lieber from Gimlet Media. You guys aren't, you know, marketing or salespeople by trade, but all of a sudden within a year you've, you've grown this massive audience. Do you have a sense of what's behind that and how you've grown so fast? Uh, uh, I, I, think, um,
1: I think the term that I know now that I wouldn't have known before is, is, is probably product market fit. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: do. They enable the impossible.
0: You're listening to The Growth Show with Mike Volpe. Hey, everyone. It's Dave Gerhardt filling in for Mike uh, one last time here as he wraps up his sabbatical. Uh, today on The Growth Show, I got two special guests for you. I have Alex Bloomberg and Matt Lieber from Gimlet Media. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey. Hey. Thanks for having us.
0: Um, so if there's a couple people out there who might not be familiar with, uh, Gimlet media, you know, this whole thing started as a podcast, uh, about starting a business about podcasts. So for the people that might not be super familiar, um, give us some background on who you guys are and what is Gimlet media. Uh, sure. So, uh, we, I'm Alex, this is Alex talking.
1: I, I, uh. I have a background in public radio. I started. Um, I worked for a long time at This American Life, a national show on public radio, and, and I also uh, uh, started a podcast called Planet Money. Um, and uh, doing those shows, I've be- became more and more convinced that podcasting was a was a new hot thing, and that you know I was just seeing our audiences listening digitally growing rapidly, while you know against the backdrop of terrestrial listening that was flat or declining um sort of people in, weren't tuning into the radio as much but they were you know replacing that listening with digital on demand digital listening right uh and it felt like there's a there's something happening here and 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 we need to make more of this stuff uh and kicked the idea around for a long time and then eventually uh and then eventually thought that maybe I could do it within NPR and then eventually realized like I'm going to to really do this the way I want to do it. I'm gonna to have to leave and sort of take the plunge and try to raise money and, and start this company myself. And, and sort of like shortly after making that decision, I met Matt, uh, and we, we teamed up.
0: So Matt, what's uh, what's your background? You, I know you you were kind of in the in the radio world, in the you know, produced some podcasts of, of your own, but then actually went and got your your MBA. So you're you're on the business side of things.
2: Yeah, that's right. So generally speaking at Gimlet, um, Alex is the CEO of the company and runs all the creative side of the company and um, I kind of run the business side of the company. But my background is actually all in radio. I was a radio producer um, for NPR shows, covered politics and news and did a lot of live music and culture and other fun stuff. Um, but it kind of awakened to the same reality that Alex did, which is that hey, wait a second, this is a medium that is like going to undergo some pretty fundamental transformation, and um, and I felt like to be kind of prepared for that, I wanted to get I wanted to understand business better and get the tools of of business and startups, and so I. Yeah, I went back to business school at MIT. I spent a few years as a, as a consultant focused on media companies and digital businesses, and then met Alex, and my, and all my dreams came true then.
0: <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. So um, fast forward to, uh, to today. You guys launched, uh, what, a year and a half-ish
2: ago? Uh, about a year ago. Okay.
0: Less than a year ago. Le- less than a year. So you're still a startup, as we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, fast forward today, like give everybody a sense of how much you guys have grown since launching this thing less than years, uh, less than a year ago. So, you know, how many shows do you have now, employees? How how would you say the business is going?
2: Uh, the business is going well. If you go by the numbers, um, a year ago we had just signed our partnership agreement, so we were two people, and now we're twenty people. Um, we have three shows up and running, um, all three of which are regularly in the top twenty or top thirty of iTunes. Um, one is called Mystery Show. It's about mysteries. One is Reply All, which is about the internet. And the third is Startup, um, which is a show about what it's like to really get a business off the ground. Um, we done, we've done about 4.5 million downloads in the last month um, across an audience of probably a couple, a couple million unique listeners. And um, and we're ramping up to do more. Um, it just feels like a really exciting time to be trying new things in, in a new medium.
0: Yeah, and w- one of the things uh, specifically on startup that you guys talk about is um, you seem to always be so surprised at how fast things are growing. Um, I want to kind of dive in since this is the growth show. Um, I want to dive in on that that topic a little bit. Like, do you have a sense of hey, we did these one or two things? Like, you you guys aren't. You know, marketing or sales people by trade, but all of a sudden, within a year, you've you've grown this massive audience. Do you have a sense of what's behind that and how you've grown so fast? Uh, uh,
1: I, I think um, I think the term that I know now that I wouldn't have known before is is, is probably product market fit. <laughs> <laughs> when, when when was the um, first time you heard that in an investor which meeting? Which is yeah, <laughs> like, like which is sort of a fancy way of saying I, I think we're making something that people want to hear. Uh, and, and, and there's a, uh, and there's like, I think we're sort of, it feels very much like we're, we're sort of catching a wave of there's, there's more people are shifting to digital. We're part of a, I think a larger secular trend and we're making, we're making, um, content that stands out, you know, uh, within, within this, within this general category of podcasts, which is, which more and more people are are sort of being drawn to. So I think, uh, you know we we started as a um we started first and foremost like we we want to get the the product right we want to get like our shows sounding good and fresh and interesting and and tight and like that's where we, that's one thing that we definitely want to do and so we concentrate on that and then we have you know and then you know you can't overlook the fact that we were able to launch two of our three shows from the, the biggest podcast uh you know still going which is this american life like that was that provides a huge huge leap well to uh, to your to your
0: point on on creating something that people actually like one of my one of my favorite business quotes this is just from a colleague i used to work with was uh there's no marketing cure for sucking (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: well, you know, which which basically yeah, right. just means like you could be the best marketing or salesperson yeah. in the world, but if what you're producing sucks, nobody's going to end up downloading it.
1: And, and the correlate to that is being is making something that people really like overcomes a lot of sucking at marketing. Which mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think I think we're uh, I personally have a lot to learn about marketing, and I and I think that there's like I think we that's a play, that's an area where I think we really need to grow in the future. Is just sort of like what is you know. We haven't done one paid ad. We haven't really, we don't have much of a Facebook strategy. We don't, we're not like, I I think we've done a lot of things right. And I think, but that's one of the areas that I think we're going to definitely want to grow in the future.
0: Yeah. And this is actually good timing. You guys just uh, announced sort of a, I guess I would call it a new business model.
2: Yeah. We just launched a membership. So, um, and we're inviting our listeners to join Gimlet and become members. Um, and we're doing that and basically you pay five bucks a month and you get um, early access to new shows. We're working on you here and before anyone else, if you pay a year in advance you get a very nice t-shirt with one of our show logos that you get to choose and then we're coming up with um, a number of other kind of surprises that we're gonna send to our listeners um, uh, to our members as we go Um And we just have launched it in the last week or I would say we soft launched it last week and we're still tweaking the product before making a bigger push um, uh, in the next period. Um, But this was a way, I mean, we always felt that for the business to succeed and I think generally if you're doing digital media and you want to do it at a very high quality, levels of high quality, um, it's hard to support that purely on an advertising-based model and so we wanted to diversify the business. It was always in the plan to to have our listeners be a source of revenue and memberships are kind of the first step toward, toward doing that.
0: Yeah. So, so you have memberships. Um, but, but really to this point, it's been a business driven by ads. And I think you guys have gotten a lot of attention and and honestly, part of, part of the growth seems like it's been this unique approach to ads. Um, where, where did that come from? Do you just say we don't, we, we need to be supported by ads, but we don't want to be just like everybody else out there. I, I mean, it, it sort of came organically out of,
1: uh, you know, the very first episode of Startup. You know, when 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 we launched the first episode, episode one of season one of Startup, it, it was really uh, we were thinking of it as sort of like, you know, a, a short like four to six, I think we thought it was going to be four to six episodes that was just going to be, you know, sort of saying here's what it's like to raise money and try to start a startup, you know. Uh, and it was more just sort of to create like excitement around this thing that we were doing. Like, you know, I knew I was leaving these shows that had huge audiences and I was striking on my own and I myself had no audience of my own to speak of. I wasn't going to be able to bring those people with me. So we needed to do something to sort of, you know, create excitement around the thing that we were doing. Uh, so as part of that, it felt like, well, we should just... So So we put together this first episode and as we were putting it together, we realized, oh wait, this is a pretty compelling story. You know, there's like, there's a lot of drama here. Uh, And then, you know, I played it for, I read This American Life and he liked it and he was like, I think we might want to actually put this on This American Life. And then I was like, oh, well now really a lot of people are going to hear it. And then once we realized like, oh, maybe a lot of people are going to hear this, then we thought, well, maybe we could start sell ads on it. You know, it came, it sort of came to, that's what I'm talking about. Like it's right. it, I'm not like necessarily the finest business mind. <laughs> At least I was in the beginning. So it took a while. And then when we, and then, so I, so then it became like, okay, well, how are we going to do this first ever ad on this first ever podcast that we've ever done? And I wanted to make sure that it was very transparent about what we're doing. And I wanted to just be very, very upfront about like, this is the sponsor, but I also wanted it to be sort of like, part of the story and so I wanted to talk to the sponsor about why were they being our sponsor Uh, and it just fit in with the whole meta thing we were doing Um, but then it also ended up being sort of effective like it's sort of it's like it's a fun inside look you hear from an advertiser in a way that you haven't heard them talk before they talk honestly and 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 in human terms and and uh... it sort of felt like that's that's a that's a nice thing that we can do for for everybody and so it became sort of the signature of startup and then the stuff we've done has, has grown from that.
0: It's crazy to think, like, just given the uh, overall reaction to ads and I guess what we call here outbound marketing in general, it's crazy to think that somebody could love ads so much considering how much they usually hate them. <laughs> I always think about that.
2: Yeah, we, we, we hear from listeners a lot that they actually like the ads. They say things like, you know, the only ads I like are your ads and the Super Bowl ads. We got an amazing <laughs> email last week from someone who We've had some people ask for, uh, some members asked if they could get a feed that is ad free, just get the shows without the ads. And then we also had someone ask for a feed of just the ads (laughs) because they're like, you know, I don't like that show, but I want to hear the ads.
0: So they, this is a 15 minute podcast of all your sponsors.
2: I don't think we're going to do that, but that, that, like, I think that generally this is a great thing about the team that we have here and Alex in particular is like, if we're going to do something new, like let, let's, let's do it in the best way we can. And like the whole belief that like ads don't need to suck, ads can be, um, entertaining and interesting, I think has, has, has really worked and and resonated in a way.
0: One of the most memorable scenes, um, that everybody, you know, anytime I meet someone and they, you know, either just start listening or just, you know, whatever you read about you guys, the, one of the, you know, most memorable scenes is from that first episode where Alex, you're pitching Chris Saka. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to know, like from a business perspective, what have you learned about business since that day? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how much time do we have? Uh,
1: (laughs) I, I was, I was just incredibly naive about, well, I mean, let's just start with like, just Raising in, in raising money, invest you know finding investment for your business. Um, I mean, I now know that uh, you know sort of the Silicon Valley you know sort of VC startup world was probably not where I should have started, <laughs> um, uh, and that there are other you know there's other kinds of investors, there's other p- people who invest for very various different reasons that might have been. Um, that would have been, you know, a little bit more receptive to the message where you don't need to show, a, a, you don't need to sort of come out of the gate, like proving a 10x or 100x multiple. Yeah, you don't need um, Matt, you
0: don't need Matt yeah. walking in with all the, you know, graphs and charts and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: I mean, you always need graphs and charts. It's funny, like some people, like the thing about like the VC world is that they don't actually need graphs and charts. Like we, we met with a lot of investors who had far less money. Uh, and they're the ones who really want to do the the, the, the charts and graphs because they really, you know, they're they're much more concerned about getting their money back. When you're talking to somebody like Kisaka, who's like for whom a hundred thousand dollar bet isn't isn't that big a deal, right? Um, but he just wants he just wants to know that, like, it's the right kind of investment. That it's something that can get that has you know some credible theory of how it'll get huge, uh, you know. Um, but. uh but I, but so that was one. Just sort of like that. There's all sorts of different investors. It's not. I, I just had the sense that like an investor, was just anybody who had a certain amount of money, and right. was a certain level of rich was basically the same. And you just had to sort of make a compelling case to them. And they were all going to be investing for different reasons. And mm-hmm. now I realize that that's incredibly naive and 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 not correct. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think what else, what else, what would you say I've learned, Matt?
2: Uh <laughs> I think you. I think I don't, I don't. I think you've learned a ton. I mean, people people ask me that in some way like, that you have many different audiences that you're talking to all the time, and yeah, speaking to investors is different than speaking to employees is different than speaking to your wife, and like you've got to be cont- like, and you're incredibly transparent on all fronts, which is a great thing to be. But it's also understanding that like, it's a different. I think way of communicating.
1: What have you learned, do you think?
2: You know, I've learned a ton, but I, I am not good at talking about it because we're still so in the middle of it. And I, I think know. if you ask me in a year, I'll have a much better answer.
1: It also, I, I feel that, like I get asked that question a lot of the time and I feel like a little bit of a ponce for sort of like pontificating about everything that I've learned. Like we've been doing this for like, you know, 10 months. I'm not an expert. We, I, we, we've gotten, we've done, you know, I'm really happy with where we are. I don't want to. I'm not at all comfortable attributing it all to our, you know, great intellect and like superior, (laughs) you know, ability at running a company. I think, like any company, there's a lot of luck involved, and I think we've been beneficiaries of that too.
0: Why? uh, Here's 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 one for you. Why did you? uh, Why did Mike Tyson's quote about everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth? Why why did that resonate with you guys so much? Um, well, I mean, I think it's just sort of
1: like, I think to me it gets the, to the sense of sort of what, what you, what you, what you're doing when you're starting a company is you're, is you, is you, is you, you you do a lot of preparation and then you do a lot of improvisation and those two things are not mutually exclusive. Like the preparation really, really helps, but you have to be able to abandon your plan and and sort of think of something different. Uh, um, and it just, you know, it just felt like, ah. yeah, there's a lot of things that we sort of thought we were going to do that we look, we've ended up doing. Like we thought we were going to have three shows up and we have three shows up. They're the 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 shows we thought they were going to be. Um, but then there's many things that we thought we were going to be doing that 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 were there's things that we're doing now that we would never have dreamed that we were doing. Like some of the shows that we're talking about launching weren't even on our radar back when we started. Um, you know, some of the directions we are thinking of going in are, are we not there. So i don't know it just, it just felt like incredibly appropriate to what it's like to run a business you you, you know you your plan sort of goes out the window and then you got to make a new plan right while while you're in the middle of a <laughs> while you're on a very fast moving train
0: and know? and putting out two other fires that have nothing to do with that and exactly where did um so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh some of like the culture and just just who you guys are as a business that i that I think is interesting for a lot of entrepreneurs so um I don't know if you have a set of core values that you said from the from the get-go like hey here's what we want to be but it seems like from the outside that transparency is something that's really important to you guys. Is that something that, you know, you you, you do things that a lot of, you know, what you, private companies aren't doing like sharing revenue and subscribers and all that stuff, but does that stuff also um reflect back internally like as as the f- co-founders of this company is transparency a, a core value for you guys?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it is. I, there, a lot of our values actually come from having made startup, and the spirit and approach and w- through which that story was told. I think is steeped into the, into the company. And if I had to isolate like three things about the culture, one would definitely be transparency. Um, one would be just a relentless commitment to excellent work, to excellence. Like putting that that the product that goes out the door, the show that goes out the door um is a, is as is as great as it can possibly could be and that it's going to be fresh and interesting and irresistible for listeners um and then i think the third is that we're very collaborative and team oriented in the way in which we get to that outcome so um yeah transparent commitment to excellence even if it means being messy even if it means um a lot of work and redoing and maybe it's not the straightest line to get there, the, the product's got to be excellent. And then collaboration is like these shows just can't, they don't get made by one person. They get made by teams and like the stronger the team, um, the more diverse the set of capabilities people bring to it, the better the shows are.
0: Do you ever ever have a feeling like, man, we're being too transparent with our listeners or with our employees? Like, is there a downside as a business of being too transparent, whether it's, you know, for competitive sake or or something?
1: I mean, there might very well be. I, I uh, I think so far we have not put out a podcast where we haven't had a little bit of a pit in our stomach about like, okay, now are we saying too much? Are we like is this do people want to hear this is this going to make us look bad is this like going to get us in trouble in some way that we don't understand yet but will become immediately apparent once it's up um and so far that hasn't happened uh the but but like you know i i think it's also maybe one of these things that like the consequences of this the negative consequences of being this transparent will will only become Fully apparent later down the road, you know. Um, it's like one of the things that you sort of do it, and um, it's hard to it's hard to dial back. Like I it, and there's but there's also something to, there's also a distinction. Like we're 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 transparent. We don't say everything. Like there are there are certain things that we will not reveal about you know what we're doing. You know what shows we have coming up. We want to keep some information private for later. Right. Um, you know, it's like we don't. You know, we're not like one of those over, like completely transparent companies where everything, everybody's salary is posted in a public place or anything like that. Like that's, that's not, we don't have that. Um, And I, and I think, uh, and I think that's one of the things that I've learned sort of about being um, the CEO of something is that you, there, there, there are scenarios where you don't want to be transparent about the way you're feeling or about what you're thinking or you don't want to share every thought that you have because that's not your job you know your job is to sort of like be as as, as, as transparent as you can be in a way that helps your employees in the company but like if you're being transparent just because I'm stressed and I want to share it with somebody um, you know I'll do that with Matt but I'm not gonna whereas before I might have done that with like you know somebody that else that I work with or a colleague or something like that I, I don't do that well, I try not to do that now. right and I'm sure you,
0: you have a team yeah. of people who, who are you know looking up to you guys and if you are scared about something, it's not always something that you want to reflect back to your team. So it's kind of like you're filtering what things you should be transparent about.
2: Yeah, yeah. But on the whole, I think our transparency through startup has been incredibly valuable. I think it allowed our ours it allows our listeners to relate to us and to relate to the company and its mission in a way that's really powerful, and has just created a swell of energy around us. And also for people who've come to join the company, like. Um, employees, I think, are attracted to the idea of having a place where they know the leaders of the company and they, they can relate to them and they know that we're honest and um, to use a word that has a lot of different meanings uh, that it's authentic
1: yeah
2: transparency like what you, what we're really trying to build
1: is is trust with our audience, and like being as transparent as you can is the best way of doing that, you know.
0: How, how is, um, you know, you guys, Matt, you talked about the, the three kind of core values. Has that been an adjustment? You know, you go from it just being the two of you to all of a sudden you have, you have 20 people. Um, is that something that like, how do you maintain that culture as you continue to add more employees? Is it a hiring thing, like a training thing? Like how do you instill that in everybody?
2: Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's who you hire and then how you act. Um, we have not put in, we probably need to do a little better on putting in place like intentional systems to preserve these things. But a big, a big piece around it, I think is, um, is around how you hire and how you behave.
0: What's been the, what's been the biggest adjustment going from, uh, on the hiring side? Like, do you just get, are you getting flooded with (laughs) resumes from people that are listening now?
2: Uh, we do get, we, we do get a lot of interest from people listening. Yeah. Um, and the, when we open up roles, they're, they're pretty competitive. Um, the thing about doing narrative audio, the way we're doing it is there's, there's, there's a collection of people who are, and most of them come out of the world of public radio who know how to do this stuff and who've put in the time and put in the reps to, to be really good, but it's not a huge ecosystem of people. So, we do some hiring, but we do a lot more recruiting, so we we really go out and and try to look far and wide for for the people who we think have the chops and the kind of perspective to to do these things
0: uh, well, last thing on on kind of culture I want to hit on is uh, the topic of burnout, and that's something that um you know seems to be true at every startup and tech company, and you know you guys had a really honest and open episode about burnout. Um, definitely not a stranger to that. Why, why was it so important for you to actually like, share that? I think a lot of, you know, outside of the transparency, transparency thing, I think a lot of people wouldn't have talked about that. Just like, hey, we, our employees are burnt out. Like, you know, it could scare, <laughs> scare off other uh, future employees. It's, but it's such a real thing that everybody deals with. What did you guys take away from that?
1: Um, well, we took away that we, we needed to support our teams better you know that we needed to like that we were we the, I, I mean my main takeaway was sort of like one i hadn't heard clearly what what they were saying to me and two is that we we weren't we didn't we just didn't have enough people to do the kinds of shows that we were trying to do and that like you know that we need you know so what we did is we added staff uh that was the main change and we um and we brought on we brought on people that could really help you know sort of like get that get those shows out the out the door um and and that is you know like it was it was a, a that was a big one where we were like is this is this should we really put this out is this gonna feel like this This, you know is no are we never gonna be able to find anybody to work
2: here again um but yeah, yeah. actually so that was one episode where i was like pretty opposed to putting it out because I thought that this would, like, really hurt our ability to, to recruit new people to join the company. Because I heard the episode. I was, first of all, like, really bummed and felt like a failure for having, like, created an environment where this is how people were um, being treated. And then, secondly, I was like, we can't let this out. Like, no one's going to come work here. Um, I was wrong about that it turned out like when once we put it out it again it just created like a level of honesty and connection that was really helpful for us and I think we also learned some lessons as a company but it actually goes back to a different value which is excellence and I actually think like one of the reasons we put it out was um the team was just like and Alex was like this is a really really good story and our listeners will want to know this and it's gripping and it's dramatic and like We've taken them on this journey through our company. Like we, we gotta, like we have to, like let them in on this narrative. And so it was, in a way, it was like this is the best story, and we should tell the best story. That
1: that one also, like, really made me think. I think when you're, um, like, I have a self conception of myself as, like, sort of like, like I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Like, you know, I I feel like I'm a nice guy and like everybody who I I feel like that's my reputation. And it's sort of like I'm going to be, you know, that's sort of what I how I've gone through life. Like I try to be that kind of person. And there's a there's a and there's a way that when you think of yourself as a nice guy, you can sort of cruise on that. You know, you're like, well, I'm a nice guy, so I don't have to have great follow through or I don't have to like, you know, maybe I'll show up a little little bit late, but then I'll charm people once I'm there or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like you can sort of like cruise on that and i feel like that was to me a big lesson is sort of like you know don't don't you, you know like you're doing you can't rely on that now as to me i'm talking like as the ceo like you are now you 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 can't it's not enough to just be like well my intentions are pure i really i don't want to create a situation where people are working hard and let's all band together and like no i have to like there's i have to listen and take action you know right. and and, and, and that's, you know, that was important to hear. Like, it doesn't matter that I was a nice guy. They were still pissed off. Right. And, like, understandably so, you know? And they're like, your niceness isn't going to take care of this problem for me. And so you got to figure <laughs> out a way. <laughs> you got to figure out a way to take care of the problem, you know? Otherwise, like, we're not going to, this whole project isn't going to work.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, even though you're a nice guy, uh, there's probably some times where, like, as the CEO, you, you can't be a nice guy. That, that's probably an adjustment, too, no?
1: Oh yeah. No, that's a very much of an adjustment too and I think that's another thing that listen, I think being a nice guy overall is like really helpful. Like I, but but yeah, there's definitely times where um where uh I am trying to learn to be a little bit more of a uh, a dick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, when appropriate, and when I need to be, and more, it's just sort of like, especially that comes up with like trying to like guard my time now. Like I gotta say no more. I still don't say no enough, and uh, and I gotta say no more. And I and I want to say no, and I don't say no because I want to be a nice guy. Right. But I, I, that's something that I really am continually continuing to work on.
0: All right, I want to I want to wrap up uh, with with this. So so basically every time we have somebody come on here, expertise is in a different area. Um, last week we had the founder of blue bottle coffee on, and he told us, you know, Hey, here's the one tip on how to make a great coffee. Yeah. I just like, like to add a different element here to just make people a little bit smarter. Um, you guys are experts at storytelling. We have a lot of people that are running businesses that are listening. Um, what's, you know, straight from, straight from your guys, uh, experience, like What's one What's one way to get better at storytelling for somebody that isn't great at it?
1: All right, I got a, I got a perfect. I got a perfect thing. I think the one of the big mistakes that people make when they're trying to tell a story is they try to tell the whole story, right up front, and so they try to like it's like they almost try to cram every single thing that's good about their story into one sentence, uh, and so what it ends up being is a mush. And I think the number one thing that people can 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 do to get better at storytelling is find one. Moment or story, or or episode or something something concrete um, that somehow epitomizes the larger thing. But that they but that they can just focus on that one concrete detail. Um, and I think the more people look at concrete details, like there's this one moment that happened at this one time where I, I did this, and then this other person did this, and there's an actual sequence of actions um, that 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 will do a lot more for you than trying to get every single thing in, in the exact right adjective, uh, for your, what your company is doing. Adjectives are horrible. You need, you need a moment.
0: All right. And you to your point, using real examples instead of just these hypothetical things that people can't always relate to. What that? I said, uh, instead of, you know, your example, uh, instead of just y- using hypothetical things that people can't always relate to, you know, pinpointing real examples that you have to base your story. Yeah,
1: on. absolutely. Absolutely. Like what, you know, like what, you know, like I was, I was, uh, you know, it's like, you know, our company has been, you know, sort of like our commit, our company commitment ca- committed to transparency and therefore we want to do, you know, and, and, and transparency is a virtue that helps, you know, uh, us connect with our listeners. And, you know, that's one way of telling the story and like, and another way of telling the story is like we were really freaked out about doing this one podcast where our, where our employees were like burnt out and on the verge of mutiny, <laughs> and like, and I remember talking to one of my employees, and he said this, you know, and it was, and then Matt and I talked about it, and we were like, I don't think we should do it, and then we had this tense meeting, and then we ended up doing it, and we learned that transparency is a virtue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, if you attach it to a story, it's going to be way, if, it, if you attach it to a specific, um, it'll
0: be much better. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, Alex Bloomberg, uh, Matt Lieber. Um, Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Growth Show. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure that you're subscribed there so you never miss a new episode. And if you've been enjoying, we'd really love it if you could leave us a quick review in iTunes. Also, if you get, uh, if you want to get exclusive updates about the podcast and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests, you can head over to thegrowthshow.com. Get on the email list. There's almost 10,000 people on that list, so go ahead and join them. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.